0: Today's scripture is from 1 John, chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children... Let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Tell me, which would you rather have? Choice A. A spouse who says, I love you, all the time, every day starts and ends with those words, I love you. They tell you how important you are to them, compliment you at at every turn. This person says all the right things, but never does anything to help around the house. Never takes out the trash, never cleans the dishes, never mows the lawn, never even gets the mail never cooks dinner, never bothers to tell you what time they're going to be home from work to eat the dinner that you cooked, never brings home flowers, never picks up a gift for you on a business trip. That's choice A. Or choice B, a spouse who does all kinds of things around the house, more than their fair share, regularly asks you what they can do to make your day easier, and then does it Picks up Starbucks for you on the way home because they think you maybe just needed a treat. Sits and watches your favorite TV show with you. But this spouse isn't so good with words and might only say, I love you once a week or less. Rarely says out loud things that are complimentary. Which would you rather have? Or try this choice, choice A. A friend who says that you are the most important person to them in the world they call you their best friend to other friends they talk about how much you've done together how the world just wouldn't be the same without you they brag on you to their family and other people but they they really never call you to just check in on you they forget to ask how you're doing when you do see each other they don't remember your birthday they don't go out of their way to offer you any kind of support Or choice B, a friend who always picks up the phone when you call. They remember the things that you told them, and the next time you talk, they ask how so-and-so is doing or how the problem at work is going. They always make time to hang out with you, and they never pass judgment on you when you are talking. Now, they don't ever post pictures of you together on Facebook. They don't go around telling other people how special your relationship is. They don't say it, but they do it. Which would you rather have? For me, the choice is easy. Every time. Choice B. Every time. I would rather have the person who shows me their love by what they do, by how they act, by how they show up, rather than the person who says all the right things, but doesn't ever put those words into concrete acts of love or friendship. Now, of course, those choices are a bit manufactured. Hopefully, we have people in our lives, spouses and friends, who can say that they love us and also show it to us by what they do. But if I had to choose, I would choose action over words any day. Now, I think the writer of 1 John had something similar in mind when he wrote, Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. We've been talking for the last few weeks about how we are deployed to make a difference. After we explored the depth and the breadth and the width of God's amazing grace, we realized that this grace that God gives us is not just for our own benefit. God showers grace on us without us deserving it or earning it or any way, but that's not the end of the story. God's saving grace is actually just the beginning of the story of our life with God. It starts with God's saving love, but then it continues on with the whole rest of our lives and our response to God's love. And that response includes as a central theme, as a key part, our acts of service to others. We're saved by grace. We're sent then into the world in Jesus' name to make a difference in the lives of other people. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about how service is our path to greatness, just like Jesus came to serve, he asks his disciples to be people of service. And then last week, we explored about how we're doing the service together on a team. It's not just us alone, but we're adding our gifts to the gifts of the team, doing good together in the world. Today, the last week of the series, we come to a pretty simple observation, and that is being people of service means actually doing something. It means taking action. It means taking action. Now, the reminder of this comes from a little letter in the back of the New Testament that we call 1 John. This is not the Gospel of John. And I've been in a lot of confirmation classes and adult Bible studies where this causes a lot of confusion. And I understand why. Because we have this big Gospel in the beginning of the New Testament called John. And then, confusingly, we have three little books in the back of the New Testament also called John which is why we call those 1st John, 2nd John. Can anybody guess what the third one's called? Uh, 3rd John, so close, Rebecca. She said 4th John, 3rd John. So these short little letters were written sometime in the second century of the church's existence, most likely written to a community that had based its life around the Gospel of John. Now, remember, it took quite a long time for the church to decide what was going to be in the Bible, for the Bible to come together in the form that we have it today. Probably wasn't until the year like 380 that they actually finally decided, came to agreement about which books about Jesus and the church were going to be Holy Scripture and which books were not. So many years before that, maybe the year 120 or 130, we have a church that had focused itself around the story of Jesus as told in the Gospel of John, and that was probably the only gospel that they even had. And one of their teachers wanted to help clarify what was being taught in that gospel. So they wrote these little letters to the church to guide and shape the congregation's life. So these letters are based in the worldview of the Gospel of John, <clears throat> based in the faith of the Gospel in John, but written by somebody else a couple decades later. All right. Well, the writer of these little letters is really focused on love. Love is the theme from the beginning to the end of what he writes. He's the one who says to us, we love because God first loved us. And in our passage today, love is again his theme. Here again what the writer says, we know love by this, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother and sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. In truth and action. Let's walk the walk, he's saying, not just talk the talk. If you want to love others, do it concretely in ways that make a difference, not just in what you say. Now, I want to say that words matter. It's not that words don't matter. Words definitely matter. I believe it matters a lot what we say about God, what we say about other people. Words matter, but even more than words, actions matter. And I wonder if actually we can get a little confused about this these days as we're living together in this world dominated by Facebook and social media. Because these platforms have given us the ability to say more to each other than we have ever had the ability before. We can say stuff to each other all the time. We're full of words. But Facebook and social media, other platforms, they give us very little ability to do anything In harmony with what we say so I'm sure that you've seen this you've experienced this that regularly some event happens some socially important event some cultural event and the first thing that people do is they go to Facebook or Twitter to say things about what happened to share their opinions to talk about it which is fine it's good even I am NOT opposed to the sharing of opinions a sharing opinions is good I just don't like it when sharing opinions gets confused with taking action And the latest example I saw of this happened just this week, happened right after the presidential debate. Now, there's been so much news in the last few days, maybe you've forgotten about that this happened, but there was a presidential debate earlier this week. And there was this moment in the debate when Trump was asked to point-blank denounce white supremacy, and he didn't exactly do it. He tried to clarify his comments a few days later, but there were some days there in the middle when things were kind of fuzzy about how he wanted to actually respond to white supremacist groups. And I wonder, is your blood pressure rising right now as I talk about this? It's hard, it's hard, but just hang with me. I saw a lot of people declaring in those days on social media that every pastor, they said every pastor of every church needed to immediately denounce white supremacy, presumably on Facebook, or twitter now without a doubt white supremacy the idea that white people are a superior race that white people are somehow better that idea and the racism that flows from it is at complete odds with the gospel of jesus jesus and racism do not mix and we have screwed that up in the church a lot by either perpetuating racist ideas or at the least tolerating racist worldviews. So yes, white supremacy is a sin, full stop. But the people proclaiming that every pastor needed to post it immediately on Facebook were confused, I think, about the power of words versus actions. My posting that on Facebook, especially in a hard moment like that, when we were having a debate about what the president actually meant and said, my posting would have done very, very little to change the world. Now, me figuring out how to act to dismantle racist ideas and ideology, me figuring out how to act to make the world a more just place for people of all skin colors, that's what feels like holy work to me. I'm not condemning people who did post that on Facebook. That's fine. I have issue with the people who said that every pastor needed to do it immediately. Immediately. Let us love, not in words or speech, but in truth and action. Well, I want to tell you here just for a minute about a few people that I know that have done exactly that, loving in truth and action. First of all, there's Harlan who's actually a retired clergy person, so he's done his share of talking about love, about God's love. uh used plenty of words, but he also puts it into action. Every year around this time, when it's open enrollment for Medicare Part D, Harlan goes to the church every Tuesday and Wednesday so that people can come and get help deciding on which plan they need. Anybody who needs to can come, and he will sit with them at a computer for as long as it takes to go through the whole process and help them enroll in the best program possible for themselves and get the best health care coverage that they can get. Harlan and his wife, they also, when they were in their late 60s after retirement, they took four little kids into their home, great-grandchildren of theirs, whose mom was in and out of prison and uh, couldn't take care of her kids. Harlan, loving in truth— And action and then there's Janice Janice was a librarian as her career and she is the gentlest the kindest person that you're ever gonna meet just exactly who you would want to see in the library when you walked in with uh, needing some kind of help and every month Janice makes sure that everything is ready to go for the Bridges of Hope feeding program uh, a ministry in Kansas City Kansas See, once a month, people from Janice's church take a meal down to feed these folks in KCK at another United Methodist church. And lots of different churches do this through the month, and many of those churches, they manage to put together a meal of cold sandwiches of potato chips, but not Janice's church. Janice makes sure that her church takes a hot chicken casserole that it's fixed each and every month and sent down piping hot to Bridges of Hope. Now the casseroles are cooked by individual church members in their homes on Sunday morning, but Janice, Janice makes sure that all the ingredients are ready. So the week before the people go down to Bridges, Janice sets out the pans, she sets out all the dry ingredients, and at the last minute, she pulls the chicken from the freezer so everything is ready for the cooks to take home. Janice also stands up in front of the congregation with one of those empty pans anytime more cooks are needed to help recruit people to be a part of the program. She makes sure that those casseroles are prepared and ready every single month so that people in Kansas City, Kansas have a good hot meal. Janice, loving in truth and action. And then there's Oliver. Oliver's mom called me one afternoon to ask if she and seven-year-old Oliver could come by my office. Sure, I said. So Oliver walked in with a Ziploc bag full of bills and coins, and he plopped it on my desk. What is this? I asked. And Oliver's mom told me that every time that he's given money as a gift, either for his birthday or for Christmas, he divides it up into three jars that are in his room. One jar says save, one jar says spend, and one jar says give. And the give jar in Oliver's room had gotten pretty full, so they decided to give it away. And Oliver's mom asked him what he wanted to do with it, and he said he wanted it to help feed hungry people. So they brought me the money, and they said, do you have a way for that to happen? I said, I sure do. Janice needs money to buy the ingredients for the casseroles to send down to Kansas City, Kansas. And uh, I explained all that to Oliver, and he said, yeah, I think that'd be fine. So I said, Oliver, how much money's in your bag? Did you count it? And he did. He told me there was $34.68. Oliver, loving in truth and action. Loving in truth and action. It is the call of Jesus. It's our part of the contribution to the team. It's the simple instruction of the scripture. And we do it not out of obligation, not out of a sense of drudgery. We do it as an act of love. Our acts of service are a pathway to joy and hope and fulfillment. They are a part of making our faith a part of everyday life. Our acts of service help us live holy lives. They help us grow in righteousness. So what I want to challenge you to do today, this weekend, I want to challenge you to make a service plan. A service plan. Maybe in the last couple weeks you have heard people talk about making a voting plan right how are you going to make sure that you can vote between now and november 3rd don't leave it to the last minute to try to figure it out have a plan okay well this is similar don't leave your acts of service to some kind of random chance don't just hope that you get a chance to show your love through service have a plan so my challenge to you is for the month of october make a plan do it this weekend with your kids or with your spouse or just sit down at the dining room table and do it for yourself pick a number Pick some number of concrete acts of service that you want to accomplish in the month of October. If you're nervous about it, just pick the number two. If you're feeling ambitious, pick 10 or 15. Pick a number of concrete acts of service that you want to do in the month of October and then brainstorm about all the different ways that you might be able to show love through concrete acts. Pick a goal and then come up with ideas to put your love in truth and action. My friends, the needs of the world are great, but God has a way to help meet those needs, and it's through us. Archbishop Desmond Tutu once said, Do your little bit of good where you are. It's those little bits of good together that will overwhelm the world. May it be so. Amen.